Welcome to Lung Cancer Considered, the podcast of the International Association for the Study of Lung Cancer, a global organization dedicated to research and practice advances in thoracic oncology. You can find all our podcasts on SoundCloud and islc.org in the newsroom. We are your hosts, Dr. Stephen Liu and Dr. Narjus Duma. Welcome to Lung Cancer Considered. I'm your host, Dr. Narjus Duma, and an assistant professor of medicine, thoracic oncologist at the University of Wisconsin. I'm joined today by Dr. Heather Wickley, Dr. Clarissa Mathias, and Dr. Wickley is a thoracic oncologist, deputy director of the Stanford Cancer Institute, and is a division chief of medical oncology at Stanford University Medical Center. She's also the president-elect of ISLC. Dr. Mathias is a medical oncologist at Grupo Oncoclinicas, is the president of the Brazilian Society of Medical Oncology, also the chair of the ASCO International Committee, and a member of the ILCLC Board of Directors. Moving forward, we're going to refer to each other by first name. We know each other, and we want to have a very good conversation. So Heather and Clarissa, thank you for joining me today for a conversation about you and your careers, and particularly about the upcoming Women in Thoracic Oncology event, January 20th from 5 p.m. to 6.30 Eastern Time. So I will give you a few minutes to say hello. Heather? Thank you, Anjay, for um, inviting me to be a part of this. It's, it's very exciting. And uh, welcome to all of our listeners. I'm really excited for the upcoming event on uh, January 20th, where we can gather. Uh, we've already got, I think, over 50 participants for our uh, session and hope to have more folks joining us as well. And it's going to be exciting to be able to have some breakout rooms as well. I think that's one of the hardest parts with the pandemic is not getting enough time to really interact with people. And so this is going to be an opportunity to do that. And also looking forward, I think we haven't seen each other close to a year now. I think the last time we saw each other was in targeted therapy in February. Mm-hmm. So it, it would be good uh, just to see familiar faces. Mm-hmm. So Clarissa, do you want to say hello to our audience? Hi, Anjay. Thanks for hosting us. And hi, Heather. It's so good to see you all. It's really been a long time and um, it's been a long and long year with a lot of learning experiences. And I'm sure that this uh, Women in Thoracic Oncology will be a great one because it's been very hard to be a mother and a housewife and a physician during pandemia. So thanks for hosting us. I think it has been a very particularly challenging year for many women in academia because it's not only about the grants and the paper, but all the other things that have been added on. So I'm certain that that would be a common subject during our meeting. And also I'm looking forward to learning what other women are doing across the globe, you know, to manage many things at home and how to take a break for what now is a soon fatigue because we, we go from soon to soon meeting now and it can be very tiresome. So we're going to get started and we want to get to know the two of you a little bit better, particularly about your careers as women in thoracic oncology. So Clarissa, you're in Brazil. So what was it like starting your early career in Brazil and how do you choose lung cancer? So I actually, I am married to a pneumologist, um, a pulmonary physician. 
So when I was in medical school, and that's when we got married, I went to the south of Brazil while he was in residency. And I ended up being inside a thoracic oncology hospital. So that's when I really became very, very, very much interested in in lung cancer. So then after that, during my um, fellowship, I had a great opportunity to be exposed to Joe Treat, who was a great mentor, and also Steve Hahn. And I used to have clinic with them, and that's when I really became very much interested in, in lung cancer. And coming back to Brazil, I was really impulsed by great mentors like Arthur Katz from Sierra Lebanese. And I really became, you know, the, the really became my daily practice. I think, you know, mentors really help us guide and find our niche. I think during our careers, we encountered those people that really leave a mark behind. And, and in my case, it was a oncologist. It was a female oncologist. As it was expected to me for me to become a surgeon, but then here I am as a medical oncologist, just thanks to those role models. So Heather, you're in the United States. What led you to this path to practice and research in lung cancer? So great question. So I actually, I knew I wanted to be a doctor from when I was very young and uh, was on the uh, pre-medical path forever. Uh, and when I got to medical school, though, realized I definitely needed one to do internal medicine and got drawn to oncology because there was just so much that still needed to be done. We really just had chemotherapy and, and very little else and felt like there was a lot that I could contribute there. And I also was really drawn to that because of the the patients who are dealing with cancer and how they're able to, most of them really embrace life in a different way once they get that diagnosis. And I um, wanted to be able to help those who were challenged by that, learn more uh, from those who were less challenged and help myself understand that also. So that was where I ended up in oncology. And I ended up in thoracic oncology because at my institution, there really wasn't anyone else focusing on that when I was doing my fellowship. And I was fortunate enough to meet some wonderful people engaged, Joan Schiller, and then peers, as well as those mentors, such as Ashresh Ramalingan and, and Jack West and others, uh, Julie Brommer, Jyoti Patel. So lots of people. And as I, the more of them I met, the more I realized these are my people. This is who I want to be working with for the rest of my life. And at that time, lung cancer was making some breakthroughs in other diseases, but lung cancer, we really hadn't. And so I, I really felt that by being in that world where there was so much to still explore and learn and do better and helping our patients and working with these wonderful people from around the country who um, shared that same passion seemed like the perfect career for me. And I haven't looked back since. And it's obviously been a very exciting time as we've had more and more treatments. And as we've had new exciting treatments, more people have come into the field as well. So it's been exciting to be a part of that, that growth and to be able to mentor a lot of other folks myself now. Thank you for sharing your story. You know, I'm very new to the lung cancer word, like Finnish fellowship only a few years ago. So Heather, how are things for women in thoracic oncology early on in your career? What were some of your experiences as you joined this uh, community? When I 
really started working in the the lung cancer world, there weren't that many women. Uh, so Frances Shepard has been a real pioneer as a woman in the field for a long time. Joan Schiller, I already mentioned, Karen Kelly. Um, and there are there are many others, but certainly uh, the percentage of women in the field at the time I started was much lower than the um, group of men. But it's been really wonderful to see that shift over time where we've had more and more women entering the field. And when I... Um, think about my peers, while there are still more men than women, there are uh, a lot of women uh, sort of now at the point in our careers where Closer and I are, where we're sort of stepping into the leadership positions now and, you know, things are, are shifting from that perspective. And then when we look to the folks who are uh, like you uh, earlier on in, in their career and folks sort of in between where uh, closer and I are and where you are, uh, I do see more and more women. And I've always felt very supported by the lung cancer community as a woman, even though there were a lot of men. I never felt that people were trying to hold me back in my career uh, based on my sex or have any sort of a, an influence there that was negative. So I think it's a it's an open field. Uh, it's a very welcoming field, but there are barriers at, at institutions. And I, I understand in some of our conversations, NJ, that you've had a different experience, that you've actually had times where um, you've felt that thoracic oncology was something that was not necessarily as open to women. So I'd, I'd really like to hear about your experiences. So, and associated with that, you know, when you're in fellowship, you're you're getting exposed to all this tumor and all this inciting research. So you're trying to find, in my case, I was trying to find the place where I felt like my skills would be a good fit. Mm-hmm. And I did fell in love with women with, like, with lung cancer, like treating these patients is what fills out my cup. But I remember having a meeting with someone and sharing that I wanted to do thoracic oncology very early on in my training. You know, it could have been considered to be premature because I was only like a few months into fellowship. And I that person told me that, oh, you should probably do breasts if you're going to continue breast or other subspecialties of oncology, if you're going to continue doing gender equity and gender balance and medicine research, they tend to be a little bit more, more friendly. And I didn't know because I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't into the lung community to know. And as I have entered the community and met so many great people, I think the perception from the outside is very different than from the inside. I have great sponsors, like Dr. West has been a great sponsor. Like I do things that may be a little bit unconventional for several reasons. And Dr. West has been a great sponsor, for example. And now I'm co-hosting this with Dr. Liu and he has been a good sponsor and mentor. And so I think the perception for the outside is very different. It's like, you need to join the party to know what really is happening. And that's what I came to realize. And to all the younger investigators, fellows, residents, I would say the community is very welcoming and or meetings when they happen in person before it was just like seeing friends. Mm-hmm. Like it is a thing. And and you know, they're your people. They, they understand some of the things that uh, we're doing. And now I'm going to pass it to Clarissa. She's going to share her journey early in her career as a woman in thoracic oncology and also her experience uh, in Brazil and, you know, also working with the lung community and other parts of the world. Clarissa? So I do have a very interesting experience because 10 years ago, 
a group of men. There were like eight men and they invited me to create the Brazilian thoracic oncology group. And um, it was funny because the first time we, we met was during in uh, WCLC and they were like teasing me that, oh, you know, we are going to admit a woman to our group. And actually, we were the founders of the group. And I think because of that, one of the reasons why we brought in a lot of women. And uh, now, if you look at the Brazilian Oncology Thoracic Group, we have like almost 60% of the um components of the directors are women and we really created a great group was one of the pioneer um, subspecialty groups in in uh, Brazil and I think that being part of this group of this initial group really sort of opened a space for more women to come since then I had um, so I became the the president of the Brazilian Medical Oncology uh, Society, and I'm actually the second woman to be the, the president. And I also had the opportunity to create my my directors group, and actually more than half are women. So I think being in a leadership position as Heather is now, and you will be very soon, and Jay really creates a responsibility to open space for other women to really join and to make their own stories. And, and I think related to that as junior faculty, like I remember uh, we were in Barcelona and the faculty dinner, and then, you know, it was mentioned that Heather was the president elect. And I saw all these women, all phases of their career standing up and clapping. And that was a moment in that faculty dinner when I was like, these are my people. We are here and we are changing how things are doing and we're innovating. Um, I'm going to pass now to Heather to share her thoughts. Thanks, NJ. I'm going to talk a little bit more about ISLC. As I've uh, been able to advance in my career, been able to uh, you obviously start looking at your own institution and what you're able to do there and then nationally and then globally. And the globally part has been uh, wonderful because you get to meet so many people who are facing similar challenges and what they're able to do to help their patients, but also what they're able to do within their careers. And many of us have similar challenges, but also can learn from each other um, and have really enjoyed meeting the, the international community involved in the treatment of lung cancer, not just medical oncologists like all of us, but also the surgeons and the pulmonologists and the radiation oncologists. And one of the things I really enjoy is understanding how the different systems work and how people coming from different cultures end up, we all end up very similar in how we're, we're working in a day-to-day, um, -day, but with slightly different issues depending on the cultures that we're coming from. And I've, I've really... Um, been fascinated by that and encouraged by that and encouraged by seeing how many women around the world are being drawn to, to helping in the field of, of lung cancer. Um, and I, I will add that the faculty meeting, uh, that faculty uh, dinner that we had at uh, the meeting where I had, uh, that was my first big meeting as the president-elect, 
it was a very proud time to have every um, all the women stand up and, and clapping and to feel that I was able to lead this society for everyone, uh, but to also be a, a symbol as a woman for the women like you earlier in their careers who are looking at this and saying, I'm welcome here. And this is a place where I can make an impact. And we all together are making such an impact for people living with lung cancer and other thoracic malignancies. And along those lines, I think, as you mentioned, the benefits of role modeling, I think Dr. Schiller that you mentioned, she has been a person that I I particularly have research interest in women with thoracic malignancies. And, and Dr., I think it's important to mention her legacy and many other women. And today, in 2021, Dr. Schiller is part of my uh, mentoring committee for, for my career development award. So I think these wonderful women, including the two of you and many others, I really are always willing to help. And that makes a big difference because when you have ideas and somebody supports them, like Dr. Schiller's like, let's do this. And when you feel like a legend is supporting your career development um, award idea, you know, it, it helps you to try to, to be in this environment of academic medicine. And along those lines, I would like to hear from Clarissa, a little bit about the event that we are, you know, having in 11 days. So Clarissa, would you mind just telling us a little bit about what is happening in January 20th? So we are going to have some very interesting um, lectures to start with, to sort of um, hit the the moment. So actually, um, Heather will talk to us about ISOC commitment to gender equity, since I do believe that ISOC has really um, started uh, a lot of initiatives that have made a huge difference. Then I'm going to talk about the international perspective, growing as women in thoracic oncology. We are also going to have a keynote speaker that I'll let you talk about, since you were the one who were able to get her for us. And then we're going to have five breakout rooms about how to navigate being underrepresented in the room, navigating institution uh, politics, uh, fighting gender bias with data, uh, microaggressions, and changes in career pathways. And then we're going to have the closing remarks. So I we do look forward to having all of you participating and we do welcome men to participate also. I think it's very important for them to be involved in the in the discussion. So I'll let to talk about our keynote speaker. Well, thank you, Carissa. And your last point is very important. Like all genders and non-binary genders are welcome to the event. We hope that is a networking platform for all areas of thoracic oncology around the world. So surgeons, pathologists, if you're doing any type of lung cancer research or you're interested, you're welcome to the event. And I'm, I'm going to pass it to Heather as she also shared her thoughts about the upcoming event. Well, I'm just, I'm very excited uh, about the opportunity to network. As I mentioned at the beginning, I'm very excited about these topics. I think that as much as the lung cancer community has been very welcoming, there are certainly opportunities for us to continue to be aware of, of how we can be more inclusive 
uh, when I think about your work, Narjesta, with kind of raising the awareness that we're still not always addressing people the same way that women are still often first names versus doctor for men, and that we're all doctors when we're all doctors, and or we're all first name when we're all using first names, but it shouldn't be different based on gender. Um, I think raising awareness still that though there are growing numbers of women, we're not always getting the authorship positions or the seats at the table for the advisory boards or the invitations to be the speakers quite as often. And so it's to encourage everyone to to take that extra step. And when you're coming up with lists of names to not just go with who you're used to seeing all the time, but to say, wait, is there someone else who could do this equally well, if not better, who I'm just not thinking of because they're not the same person I keep seeing over and over again. And wouldn't it be great if that person also happened to be a woman or happened to be a person of color or happened to be someone who's not as always represented. Um, and so I, I think that the more we always have that that thought to say, is this the best person or of all of these good people, should I be thinking about how to in- increase the diversity? Because the more the folks that are doing the work and are uh, taking care of all the patients represent the great diversity of all the patients living with the disease. I think the, the better we work together and the better we're, you know, the stronger we all are. So I just want to um, applaud the fact that we're doing this. Maybe that sounds a little funny, but I, I think it's important that we don't just sit back and, and say, oh, we've done such a great job, but we say we've done such a great job and we're continuing to move forward. And this, this networking together is so critical. I just wanted to mention a couple other people, um, in particular, uh, Solange Peters, who's been doing some wonderful work through ESMO and, and with ISLC as well, with her raising awareness of these, these points too. And um, working with her and with you all and, and so many others has really been incredibly helpful as we've worked to get through the pandemic and as we kind of emerge from it eventually and 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 keep moving forward with our eyes towards a better treatment for thoracic malignancy. So that was a lot to say, but I'm really excited to, to see you both uh, virtually at the symposium and to see so many of our colleagues there as well and to be able to, to focus on, on these topics. So thank you. So we're almost coming to the end of our time together. The last thing is just to mention our keynote speaker, Dr. Julie Silber from Harvard Medical School. She's an associate professor and a chair of uh, physical medicine and rehabilitation. She is also a national international leader in gender equity. She is the creator, founder, director of the Women in Healthcare uh, Leadership Curse that happens in um November each year in Boston. So she is going to provide us with data, tips on how to navigate academic medicine as a woman. And I think also a lot of lessons learned from her years in gender equity. I think it's important that we emphasize that gender inequality is not only a woman's job. I think all genders uh, should we work together to improve the gender disparities and in medicine, not only academic medicine. And that what Heather mentioned is like, if you don't see the diversity, you can just bring it to the awareness and say, why can we invite this person or the other? And that's just a way to sponsor and try to make sure that people think about diversifying the panel that has looked the same for 20 years. So as we're coming to the end, I really want to thank Heather and Clarissa for the time. And I'm going to end this episode. We asking each of them to share one lesson they have learned that they would like 
from the junior faculty coming into thoracic oncology uh, to know. So I will start with Clarissa. What is that one lesson learned that you want to share with us? I think the biggest lesson is that everything that you want is possible if you work hard. Thank you. I think that's sometimes good to hear. Sometimes you feel like you cannot make it. And Heather, what is that one lesson learned? I think just to know that people are welcome in the field of thoracic oncology. We still have a lot of work to do. And particularly for women who are early in their careers, I would just encourage them, don't be afraid to speak up. Well, thank you, uh, the two of you. If you have any last minute remarks, which you can share now. Otherwise, I'm looking forward to seeing you in 11 days at our Women in Thoracic Oncology networking event is free to register. The registration takes less than a minute. We're going to have Dr. Julie Silver as our keynote speakers and leaders in the field and the subgroups where we hope you can learn from their experiences and we can learn from each other as well. Thank you for conducting this. Thank you. Well, thanks to the two of you and I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to Lung Cancer Concerted. You can find all our podcasts on our website, islc.org in our newsroom or on SoundCloud. Please take a moment to rank, like, write comments, and share your favorite episodes with your colleagues. 